0: Let's make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-Fi malady. Got out.
1: All right,
2: Rage. what are we watching today? I'm not sure why you're asking me since this is Scott's month, but since you asked, the season three episode Similitude. Right. I feel like we've seen this episode before. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry for being late, guys. I had a flat tire on the way here. Anyway, you know what? Just to save time, let me preempt you, Thomas, and say that we are doing the season three yeah. episode. Yeah, I know. Similar truth. You. you just told me.
1: What? How? I, I? How did you know? I told them.
2: No, you didn't. I. Ah, uh, smeg. Rages. What's happening? I guess you should tell them. Don't you mean we? Oh boy, this is going to get really confusing, isn't it? No, 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 I can explain here. Let me just, let me make it simple. While donating blood a week ago, I somehow signed an agreement to let them use my blood to try to clone me in some cloning machine. I don't know, it's CSU. Anyway, it worked, so here's a clone of me.
0: So now we have two of you.
3: I'm not sure how to feel about this one.
2: Uh, uh, Don't worry, guys, he dies in like three days. What?
0: Sci-Fi Melody, Symptom 275, Similitude. It's a clone! All right, so this is a little out of order. We have arrived at my favorite all-time episode of Enterprise. And to be quite honest, there was never any debate on this. That said, it's airing after my third favorite all-time episode of Enterprise, and before my second favorite all-time episodes of Enterprise, which is the Augments Trilogy in Season 4, which I consider as one episode. Similitude. Why did I choose Similitude as my favorite episode of Star Trek Enterprise? And usually I have a a pretty clear-cut definition of why something is my favorite episode. I can't tell you exactly why this is my favorite episode of Enterprise, but I can tell you, and, you know, you heard me say, it's a clone, because to me this is, this is another version of In the Pale Moonlight, that in some ways, which is the Deep Space Nine episode where Sisko brings the Romulans into the war by assassinating a Romulan senator with Garrick's help, in, in some ways it does some aspects of this better than... In the pale moonlight, did, but ultimately, overall, it does them worse because Archer's belief for why he has to start walking down the road to hell with all good intentions doesn't hold as much water as Cisco's does. And at the end of it, you also don't get Cisco's, you don't get Archer's reflection the way that you do from Cisco. But that said, this is a powerful episode. And if you've come to over two and a half seasons, be vested in these characters, be vested in, in Archer, be vested in Trip, be vested in in Tapal, and you see what this is doing to them, and you even see how the rest of the crew is struggling to navigate through this. This episode can't help but be powerful. You watch Sim become trip. And at the end of it it leaves it leaves me every time, even today, the hundredth time I've seen the episode, it leaves me with a little lump forming in the back of my throat. It Hits me in the gut, and it makes me feel that emotion, and that's good writing. That's great writing, and it also does what Star Trek does when it does when it's at its best. It offers you multiple questions to chew on, things to consider, and it tries to tackle one of the big existential questions that face the human race: Uh, moral questions of right and wrong. Is there even a right and wrong? And I'll just throw this out there and then we'll get back to it. To me, this episode asks uh, two questions Do the ends justify the means if the ends are good enough, whatever those means may be? And the second question is Is morality something that we only have time for when the stakes are low enough? And that when the stakes become high enough, our own human concept of morality gets tossed out the window? And those are the two questions I'm gonna to try to answer throughout this episode and that we're really going to talk about a couple other little odds and ends and tidbits, but I think what we'll go with first
2: is Rage. Rage is fun facts. I gotta ask, before we do anything else like that, I need to know. This reminded me of an episode we did in Voyager last year, but I can't remember the episode name. (laughs) Was that... Go ahead. It's where Janeway had to decide to kill someone to save the rest of the oh, crew. Tuvix. Tuvix, That's right. Yep. She had to what kill Tuvix to save there?
0: Tom. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, Tuvok and big- Neelix became merged into one being in a transporter accident. So they yeah. found out how to separate them and bring back Tuvok and Neelix. But tu- yeah, I didn't even think about Tuvix. It's it's a this it's a like clone the same of a clone.
2: I- it's the same idea basically
0: yeah that that is actually maybe the better comparison uh to this episode and now it makes sense why this episode made my list and why it's
2: honestly scott too i would say this one tuvik was a bit more of a difficult discussion because this one has the added hitch of well Tuck, um uh trip is gonna die in 15 days yeah regardless no, no matter what ethical decision you make, he's still going to die. Except he's not. Unlike they, deteriorate,
0: Tuvick, who, they deteriorate that further. They've got the chance to grow the enzyme that will stop the aging, the rapid aging process. They won't take it because they don't know if it'll work, and by the time they find out, his tissue won't be compatible with trips, and they'll lose them right. both.
2: So, Tuvik, on the other hand, he could have gone on and lived the rest of his life. Yeah. So that was an even tougher decision, whereas this was like a b- bit more cut and dry. A bit. yeah.
0: It makes so. sense why this one made my favorite episode of Enterprise then, because it appeared in, in my favorite episodes of Voyager and uh, Deep Space Nine. So
2: yeah, something I like about,
0: about decisions of who you kill for the greater good. That, <laughs> I don't know I what think, that says uh, about me, but...
2: <laughs> definitely this, this reminded me way more of Tuvok. Than anything else, but anyway, what were you going to ask me to do? Fun facts. Oh, fun facts. Well, you going to cover the plot first? All right. You know what? You go ahead and do the plots
0: and recap. That's pretty quick, actually. And then move into fun facts.
2: All right, real quick plot. This isn't. It isn't hard. It's more the dilemma we're going to discuss, sickies. The plot is that Trip has developed a new way to push the warp engine to warp. What I've Five plus. Five yep. plus. And, and avoid any kind of warp distortions. And the, the experiment starts off well, but then there's an accident, and Trip is knocked unconscious, and he suffers neural damage. So basically, he's on his deathbed. Phlox informs Archer that there is one chance at hope, that he has a sort of uh, an organism that if you inject a certain genetic material into a sequence of DNA, it will emulate that and then clone it and become that animal will it work on humans uh maybe don't know but it's worth a shot because then what you could do is that trip is going to age and die age quickly and die within 15 days when he hits the right age they could use that trip to harvest the neural cells they'd need to transplant in a trip and save him art it just so happens that there's also a time limit. So that's another dimension here. Whereas in Tuvok, they had all day. They, they had, there was no immediate dilemma that had to be solved right now. Whereas in this episode, they're in the middle of a nebula, and it's forming this oxide metal all over the hull, which will shut the ship down and everyone will die. So the clock is ticking. They have to solve this. And so they Archer makes a decision, go ahead, grow a clone trip. And it works, works perfectly. They name him Sim and he's starting to get trips memories, but then he slowly is told when he's old enough, he's told what the situation is. Eventually Sim comes to accept the fact that, well, I have to do this. He, he tries to escape, but then realizes where am I going to go? I'm gonna die soon. If anything, by me escaping, I'm gonna prevent another person from living. And and he does help the enterprise escape, but that's not the point at this juncture. It turns into my death will lead to two deaths. So he succumbs he agrees to the surgery. He gets he's basically euthanized, and his neural cells are harvested and trip goes back comes back through the transplant um the fun facts of this there's not a whole lot uh this was another one written by lavar burton uh it's the first time the tricorder is mentioned uh as a scanning device because trip takes it apart as a child uh this is an interesting one scott i'm curious to see what you say about this but uh this is listed as one of the 10 essential episodes of Star Trek Enterprise in the 2008 reference book Star Trek 101. What do you think of that? Would you call this one of the 10 essential episodes, obviously?
0: Of Enterprise? God, yeah. Absolutely. I would... I would. And then what
1: about Trek in general? Um... Boy, that's tough. But, um... I would put this episode over everything that I mentioned in Voyager
0: and um yeah, yeah, I'm not sure exactly where it slots, but this is a very solid excellent piece of Star Trek and I think it probably it doesn't come up to to scale with uh, In the Pale Moonlight and it's it's no best of both worlds, but it's probably and it's no corbonite maneuver, but it's probably above quite a few things that I had in the three and four, you know, the bottom end of that. So, yeah, I would say if I was going to give someone 10, yeah, yeah, the more I talk about this, if I was going to give someone 10 episodes of Star Trek to watch to understand what Star Trek is, this is definitely one of them, because there's so many things we'll talk about today, but even it even finds a way to show you the best of humanity while it shows you at the same time how we can be the worst of who we are.
2: Okay. Sounds good. Um, Writer Manny Koto said that this was inspired by a Ray Bradbury story called "Frost and Fire," which dealt with the theme of somebody who lives a lifetime in a very short span. Uh, he also, so the same writer, also said that wanted to make it clear that the genetic memory of Sim was the property of the alien larva, not human capacity. But that got cut because it was unessential information for the episode. Uh, it establishes that NX shuttle pods don't have bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> good it to makes know an interesting reference to saying when Trip says when he's pondering his final moments he says I think the few things could be worse than dying I think being stuck on a shuttle pod with Malcolm would be worse which goes back to the episode shuttle pod one where Trip and Malcolm were trapped on a shuttle pod talking about to Paul's butt
1: and and
0: malcolm uh, making lists to all these women that he that he went on one date with to say goodbye
3: yeah. to. <laughs> uh
2: also finally interesting this episode won an an emmy award for the music composition which i guess is good but i personally didn't even notice it so sorry <laughs> There was so much more going on
0: to this than the music, but, I mean, I'd I'd have to go back and watch it for the music. I usually catch things like the score. I'm usually, and I didn't even, yeah, it won an Emmy, and it doesn't
1: jump out as anything special to me.
2: No. no. Ouch. So, Scott, I know you're in charge, but uh, I think we should take a break here for a word from our sponsor. Not Our sponsor, not sponsor. Hey, Thomas, what you up to? Well, after
3: 343 completely bombed Halo for me, I I thought I'd try to go back to something, and I'm thinking of Resident Evil. I just don't know which one.
2: Oh, man, Resident Evil, that's a good one. But you can't decide where to start, huh? Nah, I I don't know. It's tricky. Well, why not Part 8? Why would you say Part 8? Ruck,
0: fill him in. Okay, Thomas, let me fill you in. You're Ethan Winters, the guy from the seventh game, but you're now living in a weird European country with your wife Mia and the world's ugliest baby Rose. One night, an old friend named Chris Redfield and his Hound Wolf squad kill your wife and steal your kid. They put you into a truck, but the truck crashes and you arrive in this village. There are these weird monsters there and you figure out from some dude who really needs to be on My 300 pounds Life that your daughter is now in these flasks held by the four lords and you need to retrieve them. So your journey takes you to fight a Dami Mommy, Jeff Dunham, but female and less demonic, a frogman who lives in the nastiest water outside of Flint, michigan and the lesser of the heisenbergs honestly a solid game if you like resident evil 4 you'd probably like resident evil village you know what i think ruck's right i'm sold and you can catch my full review of resident evil 8 village on my podcast why you should link will maybe be in the description below all right that's a message from ruck go watch why
2: you should scott why you Why you should go watch what ruck tells you to Exactly. And let's get on to why you should watch this episode of Enterprise, Scott.
0: Well, as you said, it's, it's essential Trek. Um, and what is, it, what is at stake here? So
1: let, let's set this up. The Enterprise right now is one ship undercover in the expanse,
0: trying to stop the development of a final version of a weapon that had killed something like 9 billion humans at the end of Season 2, that the Zindi launched. The Zindi believe that Earth is going to destroy all life on their planet in a genocidal war, so they're going to destroy Earth first so that it can't happen. They've been given this information by their contacts in the future as part of the greater temporal cold war that's going on. Archer also knows this is a threat. He has to stop that weapon. He believes that if he doesn't stop that final weapon from launching and somehow destroy it, every single person on Earth, every single human, will die. He believes when Trip is injured, he believes that he cannot accomplish this mission without his chief engineer, second officer, and best friend. And I think that plays a role in it, that last one, best friend. But he's convinced himself that without Trip... All life on earth will die. So when Dr. Flock brings him the option to generate a clone that will live its normal 15-day lifespan and somewhere around day 10 or 11 be compatible with Trip so that they can take the neurotissue out that Trip needs and transplant it then survive that transplant and live out its 15-day lifespan. Archer doesn't like this. He doesn't, he doesn't feel good about it, but he talks himself into,
1: I can do this, because I need Trip to save all life on Earth. To her credit, Paul stops him and
0: says, you're, you're creating a sentient being to harvest organs.
1: And then this thing starts to unravel on him. The first thing he finds out, um... Is that flocks won't be able to remove the tissue without killing Sim? Okay, his life is going to go from 11
0: de- from 15 days to 11 days. Archer can probably still make himself okay with this, and he does. Then the bombshell is dropped, that there's possibly an enzyme that can be synthesized that will stop Sim's aging process, and he can live out the rest of his life, in which
1: case. You have trip. You have a, a sim of trip in sim. But
2: Archer looks I at him and Fox says. Makes it clear. Yeah. That that is experimental and on, there's no guarantee. No guarantee. Archer is. Archer the says. The transplant will work. Yep. But the enzyme may or may not.
0: So this is where I'm going to throw it open. And this is the this is the first question. It's an ends justify the means question. Archer, Archer is telling himself that his ends of saving all of humanity from an alien race bent on genocide justifies any means that he needs to take as moral. Is yeah. that ever correct? Is Archer correct? Is, how, do we, how do we evaluate Archer's decision here as a man, as a human being, as a
1: leader? Is this well, do we even do we even accept his premise that he can't complete well, this mission without trip?
2: Well, um, I would say a, a couple things here. The first thing I'll lead off with is, funnily enough, I posed this very question over over dinner with my wife and our exchange student. I explained the basis of this episode and said this will lead to the ethical discussion, which I just which you just said. And both of the ladies said, oh, so this person's only going to live for 15 days and there's no guarantee they'll survive? Well, then it's obvious. Let them to harvest. They, I, now, I, I, maybe that's the German practicality of them. I, I was about know. to
3: say, uh, they're both German, so I don't know if you want to take that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: they have some bad history.
2: And I said, I said, well, hey now, modern Germans aren't like that, but the practicality side of the matter... That's what won him over, um, but I said, "Well, we're talking to Scott, so he's going to make it complicated." Uh,
0: but um, well, the episode makes it complicated. They they remove sure, the sure, fact that, that he to, doesn't necessarily Scott, have to die. On,
2: you're happy to run with that, yeah. Admit it, yes. So anyway, so does he need? Let's start with the question: Does he need trip? It's arguable he does on the basis that Trip is the one who's making all these mods to the warp engine, and he's the one that has all the plans. Um, and there's something to be said about given the nature of their mission for group cohesion. You know, Thomas brought this up Oh, I don't remember the episode. It's a very good point he brought up he, uh, ep- so many episodes ago about during World War II, one of the things that utterly throttled the Japanese Navy was that they couldn't replace their numbers. They didn't cycle out their pilots and experienced crew, naval crewmen. so when they died, they were gone. You lost the experience oh, yeah. you lost the expertise and and that that's panned out that, that's not just Thomas making that up that's or getting that wrong. That, that is a fact. Um, that you'd sink a carrier or a destroyer and there goes your experienced crewmen. They're gone. It's not that you can't replace them, you just can't replace them tonight. Um, and that really started to hurt the Japanese as time went on. And that would be the same thing here, that uh, yeah, other people in engineering possibly could learn, is but that
3: just- I, I'm going to say there's also the fact that this is a this is a total war scenario. Absolutely. I mean, the Zendis, Zendis what, do have a super weapon.
2: It's an extinction level event, basically. Yeah. Um, so, So, in this kind of a situation, you want to make sure you have the best crew who is on this, and you don't have the time to promote someone and train and hope to god they keep up
1: okay
0: i'll give you that although i would say in war that's something that you always have to face that eventuality.
2: it's worse than war as thomas pointed out it is an extinction level event you don't have time to dilly dally now as i I said though this this episode one 15 day clone's life at stake this is Humanity's life yes, at stake.
0: And I agree. And, and, and at the start, Archer's on questionable moral ground, but it continues to deteriorate on him. Once once Flox confirms and Sim brings up Um that there is the enzyme that can stop the aging process, they never say what the chance of success is. Dr. Flox says it's low. He says there's very little empirical evidence and it's untested and unproven. But there is there is evidence. And Tripp says that he goes there's little evidence but there is evidence that it works and that there's a success rate.
2: But again, if Scott, that success
0: rate is 10%, 50%, 7 at what point should Archer at what well, point does 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 Sim deserve a chance to live? Okay, because now point, Sim, is let's, let's that,
2: Sim is Trip. Let's reverse that, Scott. Let's reverse that let's reverse that at what point is the transplant which they know is 90 to 100 percent successful at what point is that low enough that you decide that a sim trip should be able to live that that coma trip should die because at what point is is that not low and high enough for you
1: it, I, I i think the question decide, has to get answered when yeah let's no no
0: no i think it's i think it's a fair
2: perspective I think that... Scarlet. Okay. There are two drugs... She has an illness. There are two drugs that can save her. One is 90% chance. One is 10. The 10% chance may cause some side... The 90% chance may cause a side effect, but it's definitely going to cure her. The 10% may not... Will not cause a side effect, assuming it works. Which one are you going with? Oh, that's a no-brainer. So why is this one not a no-brainer to you?
0: Well, I will, I will explain. One, the episode never comes out and tells me that it's a, that it's a 90 versus 10. It might well, sure. be a 90 versus sure. 75, but it's also not the same question. The question on this is, there are two living beings. We, the, the, the point where it stops being about the, the likelihood of saving Tripp's life happens when the equation changes from we need to take this tissue without killing Sim from we can't save Uh, Trip without killing Sim. That's a different ethical question at that moment. It's not the same. I I might disagree with
3: you,
1: though. I'm just going to put something forwards Mm -hmm. that right now you're also talking about, okay, if you stop the advancement of time then he could survive the same amount of time maybe but if you transplant you're guaranteed to have this your best
3: the member of your crew that best knows the ship for a long period of time yeah there's also a time aspect to that
2: also I'm thinking too Scott of let's say you're someone who has a very rabid cant tumor and they could get chemo which there's no guarantee of success at all the doctors make it clear the odds are not great but you have so the heart and lungs are out but there's a number of other organs you could donate and you could save other lives so the doctors make it clear we will do chemo if you want The odds are not good. There is no evidence. There is no guarantee. You may do all of this and just put yourself through hell and achieve nothing. Odds are you will achieve nothing. And in the process, you'll make your other organs fail. Or you could, you know, we could uh, make you comfortable, put you in hospice, and then when you pass, harvest your organs to save other lives. Doctors make these decisions all the time. Well, so do the patients, of course, um, or their families if the patients are not um, capable of making it at the moment but uh, and in this case as in, in the, particularly with this episode, I would say archers in the right because it's a case of, as Thomas pointed out, we need this expertise, and uh if you're gonna say well we know the transplant empirically will work this other one is not empirical there's no guarantee and if it fails we lose both of them the costs are greater to play ethical angel
0: so i uh i understand where you're coming from i don't i don't disagree with some of what you're saying there the analogy you made though you have to be careful with it because you're a hop, skip, and a jump away from giving the doctors the ability to withhold treatment.
2: Oh, I never thought. Well, well I did say. Yeah, I thank you. you. Because, it, because I the harvesting of the organ. You weren't listening. Yeah. You clearly no, I was. did not listen to There's, the part where I said the patient's too. I, so. I agree.
0: But in this case, it doesn't hold because the patient isn't agreeing to die to harvest his organ. Archer is saying, you're going to die so that Trip can live and that's basically well, coming to someone with
2: that you know all right i guess that wasn't the best example because i did include the patient or the family that it's failing gets to make a say so it may not be the best example it's a but.
0: tough choice it's 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 so it, it also
1: comes down to it comes down to i'd have to ask this question we can do this today we can clone we can clone organs we can probably clone people Am I, let's say that
0: the the technology is finalized and I create a clone of myself and we can accelerate the aging so that, or or I create, when Scarlett was born, I create a clone of her that's going to grow up in a tank
1: so that if she ever needs an organ, they have that. Is that ethical? Maybe you don't
0: have as much of an issue with it if... If the, if the being never achieves consciousness. But what if in the interim, the being is walking around and just living its life? And it has to live its life so that that's the only way to keep it alive so it doesn't atrophy. Until the moment when the person, you know, not the clone, the prime person, needs a heart or a liver or a kidney. And they've got to die.
2: But that's not an accurate corollary to this episode either. It because kind of the is. Person they grew
0: at first, but once he can't live,
1: and taking the tissue will kill him. And then that's another question this, this episode raises. Um, it makes it easier to order Sim to lay down and go through the surgery that will kill him
0: so that Trip can live, and to not give Sim his 20% chance of living and the enzyme being correct makes it easier to do that because we're going to say that he's going to die
1: in like four or five days anyway. So, at what point is it ethical to take a life? Well, uh, to
0: save a life that you think will live longer. And is it ethical? It might be well, ethical, it just might be something that we are not comfortable doing. I- I'm just
1: going to put something else out there. We're taking all of this on the assumption that all these facts
3: we are given are 100 percent accurate
0: right because that's all we can do here in this discussion
2: well you, you have to act on the information you know so right to make any ethical dilemma any ethical If, if you're going to make the point that well every fact could be wrong then we never make a decision no, yeah. and no one does anything Phlox, no
0: flocks well, has told archer the enzyme working there's almost there's almost no chance it will work He's told well, Archer there is a hundred percent chance the transplant will work and give you Trip. Do the reason X I bring this by these means to save Trip,
3: to, to the only reason a I brought, clone? brought that up was because
0: I have questions
3: about Flocks.
0: Oh, I do too. And throughout other episodes in this series, I have questions about Flocks. I don't think he's a man who should have a medical license. Yeah,
3: no, not at all. And, and that's kind of where I was going because I'm like we have so many questions here and i also have questions that even if this is a standard procedure or if this is one of those things where flox is like yeah this is like really out there and i'm just going to do it because i want to do it
2: i agree well he did ask for permission let let me ask a couple other
0: questions before we before we we circle back to a final conclusion on some of these big questions because we paved the way for ends justify the means we have to save earth any means that we take Here's another question. Um, how much of this do you think plays into Archer's decision, to Flox's decision, in the fact that Trip is their crewmate, their colleague, Archer's best friend, and they know that Sim
2: isn't truly it, it, Trip? Of course it does. I'm not going to lie that it doesn't. Just be, but here's the thing, Scott. Everything I just said earlier, and Archer's proclivity for his friends, Both of those things can still be true. Yeah, no, I'm just wondering. They're not mutually exclusive.
0: Is the driving factor that Archer truly believes? So I'm going to really twist here, and I know, Mark, you're not going to like where I go with this. But I I ask as I watch this episode, does Archer really believe that the enzyme won't work? Because it's going to take a day to do the enzyme. Flox could have simulated that enzyme from the start and they'd have found out from the beginning if they if if they needed to kill Trip. Flox didn't do it. And Archer Archer doesn't ask when it's still possible. So I'm wondering, does Archer truly believe one, that the enzyme isn't gonna work, and two, that he can't complete this mission without Trip? Or does he just want to bring his best friend back? And this <laughs> you know is the justification he's given himself to, to order Sim to lay down
2: and die. I, Scott, don't take this the wrong way. This, these kind of discussions are exactly why you should never be put in command. Because now I could be dead wrong, and you turn out to be the exact opposite of what I'm about to say. I'll grant that. But given this situation, you would be so ethically fence sitting going back and forth that you could never bring yourself to make a decision. And in the time you spent debating it, something would have happened. You are wrong,
0: and I will explain that off air after we're done. Okay. I'll oh Why? off air. okay, okay. Yep. Um Okay.
2: I'm it, it just, yep. and as I said, I could be dead wrong. But there it's is a just time I
0: thought of. there is a time for the discussion of ethical theory and and this is it. There is a time for action. When you action. don't have to make a decision, yes. Yes. And, and so, I guess, before this will lead into my next question, I think we have Rage's answer. It doesn't matter if it does. Thomas, do you think that Archer truly believes he needs Trip, or does he just want to save his best friend and this
1: is why he's doing this?
2: Yeah, you have my answer.
1: Uh, I think... I think,
3: and this screen might be controversial, I think subconsciously this will influence it. And I think there is going to be some part that will go, yes, I need to do this because he's my friend. Now, he might not even consciously recognize it, but I think it will be subconscious. I There's think no way this it was, can't be.
0: I
1: think if this was Malcolm doesn't order the Sim of Malcolm to lay down and die. That could be because
0: Malcolm isn't his best friend, or it could be because he doesn't think Malcolm is as important to the mission.
2: I, I would but, wager more. I would wager both of those were true. That yep. one, they're not as close, but two, also Malcolm is more replaceable than Tripp. Yep. I know that sounds horrible, but just looking at skill set... Yep. I agree. I agree. Um,
1: Taylor's into the, the next question, the second question, and it's kind of the
0: same as the first question, but I think you need to ask it in an ends justify the means argument or discussion that can the ends justify, can can laudable ends justify immoral means? Um, and when? But here's, here's the question you really need to get to at that point. The tricky nature of ethics and morals. They're... You know, you have two ways of this. You can take an atheist or human philosophy that society creates its ethical values and, and, and morals and norms, or you can take a, a philosophy based on religion that says God has imparted what is right and wrong behavior, and therefore, you know, there is an objective good, and we have to interpret it. But either way, are morals and ethics something that we cling to in our decision-making process when we have time to, when we have the luxury to? And when we remove that, that luxury to be ethical, are we still ethical? It goes back to the Corbinite maneuver, which I loved, I was about which to is say, when
2: Scott. This goes back to the Corbinite maneuver. Let's doesn't be who I? we are in whatever
0: situation, and this is why it's essential trek, because it's asking this question: Are you who you say you are? Okay. When it's not, uh, when the stakes are highest, and when being who you say you are could literally lose you everything. Should you still be who you say you are? Or should you, at that point, are those ethics and morals not that important? Are ethics and morals and maintaining them worth the life of every human being on Earth, potentially?
1: Okay, I'm going to say morals tend to be able to be discussed when there's nothing on the line. When you can
3: just sit there and go, eh, that doesn't seem right. It's a lot easier to do
1: that than, well, any time where you have massive, how do you put it, issues going on. Because then you always always have the problem of, okay, well, what do you want now? Yeah. If you don't have anything at stake, you can do whatever you want very easily. problem, I think, comes up when there's something on the line, you have to make a decision.
3: Where do you lie? Now, all of us would like to think that we would make the right decisions. Because, yeah, I'd make the moral decision,
1: because I believe, but would you? Because most of the time, we have found that unfortunately, Moles go out the window pretty quick when the rubber meets the road.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, that's pretty standard, honestly. Yep. Yeah.
1: Is that? And, uh, does that mean it's okay? Is
0: I, I there a point where where the stakes are high enough to where morals become dismissible and not part that, of the equation? We still
2: haven't. Are, now, are you talking in general or as a relation to Archer? Because we still haven't necessarily determine that archer was in the wrong no no
0: i'm talking about specifically to archer and in general can the stakes get high enough that that you can discount the morality of your decision from the equation
1: okay Mm. i'm going to say you you shouldn't If you can or should, I don't think you should. You should morally stand firm. Now, the problem comes up when you actually can. Because I think there are very few times, I think, that morals... Can and should be thrown out because it it depends on what the morals are there for and what they do. Um, I know this probably sounds weird, but it, it's like how do I how do I phrase this? If you have morals that can come and go, you are in a dangerous spot.
2: Well, you have questions whether you have morals. Well, see, that's the thing. Yeah. that is. Why did, you give up, why did you give up the morals?
3: Is it that you're saying that these morals don't matter? Or do you say that something is more important at that moment than the morals? See, that's the issue. If If I think the world is going to end if I don't do something, is that more important than my, you know, for lack of, I almost say soul, but it's not. When would
1: giving up what makes you, you, acceptable? Yeah. And and that, I agree with you, Thomas. The,
0: The answer to, I would love to tell you. I want to tell you that there's never a point where I, would, where, I would, where I would dismiss the morality of my actions from the equation. I won't know until I'm in that situation to where the stakes are high enough, because I haven't been in that situation where the stakes are high enough to really, you know, my core morals on something as high as taking a life, that I would dismiss that and say I'm justified to commit murder in this situation. I would like to believe that I would still have, I would make the moral decision rather than That's the practical decision. But I don't know. And I think every well, single human being individually has a tolerance point where they will say that the ends for them will justify the means. And that leads me back to having to say that ethics are relative um, and fluid and probably not as set in stone as we like to believe
1: in well, the if, human if
0: application
1: of it. Yes. Here's a great example is a soldier murdering. No. Right, but some people would say they do.
3: Some people would clearly state that they are and that that is a personal opinion. You think a soldier is not murdering. There are people out there who think soldiers murder. Just be by not just because they did a murder but because they are soldiers, well, By
0: the definition of murder, I mean. well, I'd say but I, I, you're right. You're absolutely right. There's people who say surger, soldiers are baby murderers and murderers. I get it. And, and in my mind, they're wrong by the strict definition of what murder is. There's a difference between murder and kill. Um,
3: well, yes, and I'm agreeing with you, but I'm saying there are people out there who don't even think a soldier's right. So if you gave them a gun and told them you, they're a
1: soldier, and that would be breaking their moral code. Yeah. Now, if they follow it or not, that's a different story. Yeah,
0: and we allow conscientious objectors in most cases to, to service, but I want to ask a couple lighter questions to give us time to regroup and refocus, maybe not lighter questions, before we come back to ending this discussion. I think we can get these questions out pretty quickly. It probably means we miss rips and picks, but I think that's okay, because there's a lot more weighty stuff for us right. to discuss. Um, here's the first... Just a little bit. <laughs> So here's here's my first Um, the
1: the process that created Sim because of the nature of the larva gives Sim all of Tripp's memories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is trippy. They're going.
3: I know pun 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 right there. Almost.
0: It's the Duncan Idaho theory of cloning. The Dune theory of cloning, that you get your genetic memories as part of the cloning, and that memories are genetic and hard-coded oh into the DNA. Oh
2: my gosh, Glox is a Talaxu. Yes, he is. Um, <laughs> that said,
0: they're taking Sim's neurotissue, which was generated from the tissue that's in that larvae. Man, I wish they would have explored if Trip got all of Sim's memories. Because what a mind bleep that would be for him to live with the rest of his life. He has to know already that Sim voluntarily laid down on the table to die well, he, for him to he live. He watched the funeral. He watched right. the funeral. Yep, he was there. But what if what if Trip can actually
1: remember the last thoughts of Sim? What a price oh, that to pay. Would, oh, the, the kiss and everything. Ooh,
2: ooh. That's wow.
0: I kind that of makes, wish Enterprise would have explored if that happened.
2: <sighs> that makes
3: the maybe, later relationship between them even trip like, again, uh, trippy, weirder. Uh,
0: that was my that other question. Let's think about to Paul. Now, she's downright in hysterics for a Vulcan in this episode. If you don't understand that Vulcans, you don't understand that through this entire episode. She's having emotional outbursts from when she tells Archer, "You can't do this." Um,
1: from when she's talking to Trip and nearly crying. To Paul's relationship with Trip starts after this. Is To
0: Paul in love with Sim, and Trip is a stand-in, or did To Paul fall in love with Trip? And does she have to I'm, ask I'm- herself this forever? Is that why their relationship never completely works? Because in the back of her Vulcan mind, she doesn't know who she fell in love with.
2: You know what? No, here's my, here's what I'm going to posit on that. She had feelings, but she was burying them. And then having experienced them, she let go a little bit with Sim because she thought, well, he's going away anyway. What's the difference? But that activated the feeling and made her realize I got another chance. It turns out I am in love. And I got another chance at it.
0: Thank God because, she's a Vulcan because otherwise, I think you might wonder. I think you, you might
3: wonder anyway, honestly. But I mean, a, but right. a
0: Vulcan can usually, Paul's not
2: good at controlling
0: her emotions for a Vulcan, but.
2: Sure, sure. But that's my point that she let go because she figured, well, what's the harm? He's going soon. But then it activated that feeling and gave her the realization that, oh, I'm getting uh another chance. I better take it.
0: Yeah. And that's so, that's I think what sh- the logic that she will tell herself to avoid the question of am I in love with Trip or am I in love with Sim and I'm replacing
2: I, Sim with Trip. I don't know if it's that. I think I just go with what I just said. That that's how yeah. I'm feeling about it that Sim she took a chance and she realized something and then decided, wow, I have this, you know. Another
0: thing that if the writers of Enterprise were any good, they would have developed, you know.
2: I, yeah, it would have been great, but I'm sure that given the time yep. constraints, you know, you can only do so much in these shows, especially if there's an overarch about the Zindi, you can't. Yeah. Detract too much, so it would have been nice. But given the nature of the show, it just wasn't feasible. Yep. Now,
0: here's the last side question before side observation, because I wanted to make sure I say this, because it's it's really part of. I messed it up at the beginning of the episode by not saying it. It's really part of why I chose this episode and why I think it's essential. Trek. We're showing the ugly side of human beings, our selfish side. The possibility that Archer is making this choice because it's his best friend. The the side of human beings that can take their morals aside and throw them away in a side of crisis because of the pragmatic decision that needs to be made.
1: Um, We're seeing all of that. But at the end of it, Sim shows us who maybe really isn't even a human. Not sure.
0: You could have a, a philosophical debate on that. Sim shows us what makes us our best and the potential for us as a species. Tells Archer what really made me do it. And I thought about my sister. And she's my sister as much as she was Tripp's. And I don't want anyone else to suffer that same fate. Or, and unsaid is he doesn't want people to suffer what he and Tripp have suffered by losing mm-hmm. the family. or doesn't want anyone else to die in this war. And he's going to, he is going to, he's done the calculus now. And he has agreed in the end that even though there's a chance that I could live with the enzyme, for the memory of Libby and for all those that are still out there who I can allow to live and all the families I can save this grief, I will lay down my life knowingly to save this other person so that he can live the life that I could have. That selfless sacrifice for the greater good and our capacity at times, even though we don't always do it, To choose the action that hurts or kills us to advance the greater good of the species is one of the most beautiful qualities of humanity. We don't have a lot, but that's one of them.
2: Well, you like Day After Tomorrow for that reason, so it stands to reason you would like this one.
0: I'm more consistent than I realize. Hmm? Any thoughts on that? about that part of it in the episode or is that just me being sappy about my Roddenberry vision? of? You're being
2: sappy, but you're not wrong. I think that's, you know, I'm not trying to push things along to a rating, but that's ultimately, I said earlier, we're discussing whether we think Archer acted immorally, and I argue he didn't. Okay. Given what he knew. Yes. He had proclivities, but proclivities don't always mean you are wrong. Um, they can, but not always. And given that, it just so happens that Archer's proclivities happen to mesh with the situation. Um, and given what it was, Archer did the best thing he could do in the situation for the greater good of humanity. Uh, it, is it the perfect choice? No.
1: But it's a choice. And it's
2: as Thomas pointed out, or yeah, Thomas, you brought it up. Is it great that a soldier has to kill? No. But at the end of the day, going out, going back to uh, World War II, going up to the Japanese and asking them to be nice to us was not going to work. Nope, I agree. So um, was it great that we had to do those things? No. Was there a war against humanity on the part of all sides? I mean, to one degree or another? Yeah. But, uh, unfortunately, the horrors visited by the Allies upon the Axis were necessary. Not all of them, of course, but just the mere fact of going to war, well, um, this has to be done. There's, (laughs) There's no diplomacy with the Axis.
1: Thomas? I see I like when we bring up these topics I do because it, it, it's a tricky one but I lean towards that the fact is that in times of war morality has to be set aside in some aspects.
3: Or altered or something. Uh, I'm going to say in some aspects. Because what I'm going to say is you try. You
1: try as much as possible not to set it aside. But if something comes up where it needs to be set aside, you put it aside. It's not your first course of action, though. it
2: shouldn't be okay and i I that's a lot like that sounds a lot like lee marvin in the movie the big red one we don't murder the enemy we kill i mean i i'm not criticizing i'm just saying it sounds like that and it's it's a sentiment that's true yeah yeah yes
0: yeah Yeah. so thomas you agree archer's decision you agree with the decision (sighs) Only in times of
3: war, which I think this is, so yes. In times
0: of war, morals become flexible, and his decision meets code of morality. All right. But only, only at wartime. I'm going to anger a lot of people. Archer makes the pragmatic decision, and Archer makes the right decision. Maybe the right decision. It's the pragmatic decision. And from a cold military analysis, it might even be the right decision to win the war and save all life on human earth. Every step of the way, Archer's decisions cannot meet the definition, in my mind, of any type of morality. Uh, The first thing that he does here is that he's going to bring into being a
1: sentient, sapient person to be an organ incubator. Not to have a life, not not to live, not to be loved, not to love. And you see some of this in the fact that Archer
0: admits that he's not going to let Trip pilot the shuttle or Sim pilot the shuttlecraft because he needs what's in his brain. There's never any serious consideration to the enzyme, not by Flocks, not by Archer, even after it becomes a known option. And as, and as Sim starts to become more like Trip, and even sit in Trip's quarters, and talk about memories of his family, Archer will look at him and, and say, "These are Trip's quarters." That's Tripp's family. These are Tripp's things. He's separating it in his own mind. Only Flox is willing to name him. Archer wants no part of it. Paul wants no part of it. Paul is distancing herself from Sim because she knows where this is going. She doesn't want to get connected.
2: This is... Although Flox doesn't feel bad about his decision because at the end he does say you were a good son and he, tears up.
0: He feels bad about his decision and ultimately... These guys brought
1: into life a sapient being to die after serving its purpose of providing organs for their friend, who they think is essential to saving all of Earth. But
0: even when the other options present themselves, they never consider it, which is a second immoral action. Once you had the option, once you knew that, that taking the neural tissue would kill Sim, even if it only shortened
1: his life by three days, you're, you're shortening that person's life. You're killing that person to save another person. I can't justify that.
0: That's not killing. To me, that becomes murder. You're forcing someone against their will to die earlier than they should have. And they've committed no crime.
2: And the third... the third sacrifice must have been anathema to you. What? Which one? christ's sacrifice must be anathema to you no christ chose that we don't want to go down that rabbit trail because that's too long in the end in the
0: end sim chooses to sacrifice himself but um and the third part of this is that they never even considered and weighed truly the options of giving sim the chance to live when he could have fully filled in for commander tucker so i see this as archer stepped down with good intentions on a road to hell And at every step of the way, he said, my ends justify my means. And this is the problem with an ends justify the means argument. Once you convince yourself that your ends must be achieved,
1: then you can justify any action you may take at any time. And once you do it once, you can become comfortable doing it over and over again.
0: Archer's actions were immoral in my mind. Archer's actions are criminal in my mind. When he returns to Earth, he should be court-martialed and he should be tried for whatever the crime of creating a sapient being to be an organ donor is against their will, forcing someone to um, donate their organs against their will, and potentially for murder. I don't think you'd stick all three of those, but I think when told Gatomi definitely needs to be court-martialed and there needs to be an investigation of this uh, and not just swept under the rug. Uh, so that's how I come out on this. Um,
2: I don't know how you made me angry, Scott. You said exactly what I thought you would say.
0: And some people might not like that because I, I basically then said Jonathan Archer is an immoral and a murderer. Uh, and, you and I did. Mean, uh, yeah. And, and ultimately, uh, but this is where people are going to not like what I said because I'm going to I'm be a little wishy-washy on it. It's an immoral decision and he should stand court-martial for it. But it was the pragmatic decision and probably From a military standpoint, the correct one.
2: You mean like what Cisco did in Pale um, in the pale moonlight? Yep.
0: But the reason I like in the pale moonlight better is Cisco acknowledges fully the depths of his immorality, and then looks and says, "I did an immoral action, and I can live with it." He's not trying to claim it's moral at the end. He's trying to say, "I can live with." this stain on my soul archer even at the end is trying to soothe his own hurts by saying that's why i create that's why we i gave the order to create you um cisco's torn up by it i never gather much that archer is as torn up as cisco is at every step of the way
2: hmm Different, so, but there is yeah. such a thing as different personality, though. So. There, is,
0: there is. So that's where I come out
1: on this. Um, does anyone want to add anything before we move on to rating this? Nope. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to add something. I'm going to add that I see why you like this. Because,
3: again, yeah. as you always say, and I do agree in many ways, sci-fi should be bringing up questions. And this does bring up quite a few big, important questions about what is humanity and what humanity should be.:
0: So. It's also, you know, I would say, you don't ever take the first questionable moral choice because you think it will stop there, because you never know what it will decay to If the yeah. first choice is wrong and immoral. What's going to breed from that is probably going to put you in more choices of the same
1: nature. So, alright, let's rate this thing. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I, oof, I think I'm going to give this a 10. It's a good episode. It's memorable. It is, has its faults. I mean...
3: The opening scene of this episode has its faults right there. but Oh my god,
0: yeah, I just skipped the opening scene because it's, it's pointless.
3: Yeah, but it brings up so many interesting thought processes, it gets you thinking, and it does have a good message-ish, depending on what you want to go with. Now, if you just go with it, sacrifice and all that, you can go with it. You can take this so many different ways. And in a way, it's also nice because it doesn't quite tell you how you should feel.
1: It leaves mm. it a little bit ambiguous, which happen. I think some people might dislike, but
3: I like personally, so
0: it gets you I'm talking a without telling you what you need to conclude.
3: Yeah, so it's a 10 for me.
2: I, I would concur with everything there. It's a 10 uh, or maybe a 9.99 just because, yeah, the only rip I could come up with is that opening scene because that's more of that, okay, studio-mandated sex appeal, here it is, Here's has the nothing fan to service. do with anything. Oh, yeah. Has nothing to do with anything, but there it is. After it, it, that, though. After it that, is blatant, though, yeah. Oh, boy. After that, we're on track. Ha ha ha, pun intended. I don't know. But no, yeah, it's up there. It's definitely, this was a worthy addition to track for everything you guys have said. Yep.
0: And uh, no, no surprise where I'm coming out in this. I give it a 10. It's a 10 as a piece of Star Trek Enterprise. It's a 10 as a piece of Star Trek. And it's a 10 as a piece of science fiction. Uh, this this was Enterprise at its best. Um, and, and Except the,
2: for that opening scene. Yeah.
0: The acting was phenomenal. The writing was. was cooperate, and, and ultimately, it did what Star Trek is supposed to do. It, it asks you to challenge your assumptions about our core beliefs and what you would do in the same position and how you would act. Um, and it gives you so many things to think about, about the human nature, the human equation. Um, and, and, and I like the fact that it put the hero in a no-win scenario, a true Kobayashi Maru where there was no way to get out of it with his ethics intact. And to simply Mm -hmm. make the best worst choice. Because that's a part of the human equation too. When we're always in a situation to make the best worst choice. Not always, but we will be in that spot at some time. It showed you a lot here, and what we do in that situation. And, And, um... Yeah, we're in agreement here. Tens across the board, this is essential Star Trek. If you'd only, if you're gonna watch one episode of Enterprise or ten episodes of Star Trek total, throw this one in there. It's powerful, and if you become Mm -hmm. familiar with these characters, it becomes even more powerful because you see what each of them is going through, and you see that it really is ripping Jonathan Archer apart. Despite what I said earlier, if you know Archer, you know what this is doing to him. Um,
2: But all right,
0: Rage, what else is going on on the network?
2: Well, we, uh, as you've already heard, we've got Ruck, who is just doing his Why You Should series about, uh, well, why you should watch and or play something. He's so far covered Uh, Oh boy, Jiu-Jitsu I forget the rest of the name Should have watched already Uh, Resident Evil 8, the video game, and also Why You Should Watch Naruto Season 1 And that's, honestly, that's a great series, that's a great show Uh, He gives some very interesting takes like in Resident Evil, Homage or Bon Voyage, Listen In, you'll see that's my personal favorite segment he put in there. He also gives why you shouldn't, like why you might not want to watch this despite the title. So definitely check out that, that show. We also recently, uh, just last week, uh, the newest Zodiac Task Force came out, very proud of that. So we're back on track. That should be—we uh, should be back to our monthly schedule. So keep tuning in for that, plus some extra episodes we're planning on, and of course also our backlog of sci-fi malady episodes, Zodiac Task Force, the Casatorium, and anything else coming out. So you could check out what's coming out. You could also join the chats on whatever, give your opinion at the Discord chat, Discord server, Raven Literature Media, or you could go to our website at
0: www.DrFlox doesn't know what that thinks. RavingLunaticMedia.com
2: RavingLunaticMedia.com
0: RavingLunaticMedia.com RageMaster. What's left for them to do? Stay sick, sickies. And if you ever look up and see that Dr. Flox is your surgeon, run!